Marketing.net. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condit. Welcome back. Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let me just clarify one thing <laughs> from the uh, first segment. It's got a lot of blowback on this from, from friends. I did. This wasn't a shot with this Iowa everything and live golf comparison. What I meant was the announcement. Okay, think back. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Johnson, boom. Mm, Phil yes. Mickelson, boom. Yeah, big uh, name. Bryson DeChambeau, boom. Big media names are over. That's all I meant. I get that live golf is polarizing. It is. And there's no Saudi Arabia money involved in this endeavor. Right. It's Iowa. Every, that's all I meant. You're upsetting people over I there. Did. I did. I'm friends. Jeez. I mean, people that I, you know, that I like in this business. Uh, that's all I meant. So if you, if my, Ken Miller my bad. said that, not trying to. No, it was on me. Yeah, and I. Anyways, there was nothing malicious about it. <laughs> uh, let's get Scott Dockerman in here. I just needed to clarify yeah, that. Sure. I, I know they won't have heard it because they've already. Anyways, uh, but Scott Dockerman is with us. Hello, Doc Trent and Ken. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. You've been busy over at The Athletic. I'm not surprised, certainly, um, <laughs> because you're always pumping out the content over there. Uh, I want to start with your forecast you put on your prognosticator uh and did the football predictions for the entire schedule so i want to ask it this way doc which game gave you the most back and forth well i'm going to take the hop but i can sure make a case that'll go this way which game uh of the 12 um took you the longest i really think that it was it came down to uh, uh two games that i thought they would split in november either wisconsin or minnesota and because I think both of those games are going to be similar, uh, physical opponents. Uh, but I ended up going with beating Wisconsin at home and losing to Minnesota on the road. And it's not because, I mean, I think any any of those three teams could beat any of the other two. I mean, it's really a, a pretty close game. I just think that the way it kind of played out is why I went with beating Wisconsin close and losing close at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I would say that was probably the one. Um, I actually uh, – the other one was probably Iowa State. I, I think Iowa State and Iowa is going to be one heck of a game. I don't think it's going to be real high scoring. I do think it's going to be very physical and a lot of punting. And uh, I think it's going to come down to a player or two in, in double overtime, as I put. I, yeah, I saw that. It's 1916 double OT. I'll sign up for that. That would be a good one. Oh, and my. can Iowa be perfect not turning the football over? That has been the case during this winning streak. You feel like that's going to change at some point. That kind of goes into these rivalry games as a whole. Yeah, Iowa's had the number against P.J. Fleck, but look at last year's game. Minnesota outplayed Iowa for long stretches of that football game. Iowa found a way. Yeah, Nebraska, we're all making fun of them after Saturday, but still, eventually, the worm is going to turn at some point. And How ugly would it get if it all happens in one year? You go from having all those trophies and going back the other way. Doc, you remember when that happened? There was a lot of negativity that surrounded Iowa football when those, those trophy, that trophy case was empty. Mm. Would it be any uglier than it is right now? I mean, yeah. most of the fans I interact with on Twitter act like Iowa went seven and six last year, <laughs> not ten and four. Right. So, so I don't know that it matters at this point. I mean, 
yes, if they lose any of those games, any game period, people are going to come out of the woodwork and bash the program. So they lose all four, yeah, mm-hmm. you multiply it. But, but I mean, if they lose by a field goal at Ohio State, people are going to complain. So at, at this point... I don't really care. I <laughs> just want to see the games get underway. Indeed, and we will uh, this uh, at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, South Dakota State. So how much pressure, uh, more pressure on a uh, an opening game um, does Brian Ferentz uh, and Spencer Petras feel, if at all, do you think? I think there's some, and I think for Brian especially, even more than Spencer, simply because in his case, you know, it wasn't a popular move, as we know. Uh, you know, and, and probably a move that rarely is made anywhere else, that he would become a quarterback coach along with staying on as offensive coordinator. So I think that was a really a surprise. And I, I think, you know, what, what we know is the benefit of the doubt isn't really there. If they would have had a different offensive coordinator or even a quarterback coach through game one, you know, you probably wouldn't hear any booing. Now it's third and six, and Spencer overthrows an open guy. You're going to hear booing immediately and if there's an interception it's just going to get really crazy so i don't know that they, that there's they'll probably expect a lot of pressure brian's certainly aware of it but it is uh it's going to be really um you know again i kind of call it like a knee without cartilage there's just no <laughs> no room in that you know uh, and for those two we anticipated there was going to be wrinkles there were going to be changes in this offense you have an experienced quarterback you have an offensive line you anticipate is going to be better but with all these injuries they're dealing with a wide receiver from Deontay Vines, who finally felt like he was coming together for him, he breaks his wrist. Nico Regani going through the foot injury. Keegan Johnson, the great unknown. How handicapped and how debilitating is this for the Iowa offense and maybe what they wanted to try to implement? Are they even going to be able to do that week one? That's a great question. I mean, I guess we'd like to know what the depth chart looks like and who's mm-hmm. going to play. Yes, please. You know, they've been more close to the vest than they ever have been, it seems like. It's a lot of these things. I, I think that what we're going to see is probably more emphasis on where they are good as opposed to where they are weak. And, and that's going to be a lot of two tight ends. I mean, when, when Noah Fant and T.J. Hawkinson were there, they went 63% in two tight end formations. And they're going to need to do something like that again. I don't know to that high of a standard. But then you also have Monty Potabom, who's an outstanding fullback. So, I mean, they're going to run a lot of two wide receiver sets as opposed to three, which has been the largest uh, personnel grouping over the last uh, couple of years. And so, yeah, it's going, to, it's going to prevent them from opening up their entire playbook somewhat. But, you know, I have to remind myself of this. But sometimes it's like if they just have two or three receivers who are capable, they're okay. It's, it's, but you want five. And they're not okay at five. And and I think right now, if they can make sure that they have two tight ends on the field in a lot of situations, they can compensate for some of those uh, injuries. So, Doc, um, I hope you didn't put your crystal ball away after you uh, forecast the season because I got one more. So next Tuesday, because we're off on Monday, when uh, and hopefully your schedule will allow. As uh, if it doesn't, it'll be Wednesday. But when we speak next. Um, who will Trent and I be asking about? Who's who's the name on this roster that maybe? We didn't see coming. I find it hard to believe he'd be a defensive player because it looks like they're pretty set there. But what name are we talking about when we start next week after we've seen one game, Doc, that maybe we wouldn't have been? <laughs> That's a great question. I think in some ways you're probably going to have to look at running back because 
Uh, let's face it, you guys aren't going to talk about an, an off a right guard and how he mm-hmm. did a nice job protecting. If you did, it's going to be in passing. Otherwise, everybody's going to turn the station battle right. and I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with one of two running backs that are kind of a little bit under the radar, although they've been pretty good. And, and that's uh, LeSean Williams. I thought he was fantastic in the open scrimmage, maybe the best player I saw on offense, at least skill position-wise. And then the other one is Caleb Johnson. I think they'll both get some carries. And I could see one or two of them really having a, a great day on Saturday. And it's going to be a challenging game. I mean, South Dakota State isn't like playing your typical FCS opponent. I mean, this is a team that could regularly get into a bowl game if it was like in the Mountain West. So I think this could be a, um, you know, a, a game where they're going to rely heavily on their physicality and especially in the second half. And I think we're going to probably look at running backs as uh, somebody who's going to kind of break them down a little bit and be able to, to you know, get 50, 60 yards after halftime. There's an old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. If you have two kickers, do you have none? Do you anticipate, I was going to go with one guy, or is this still going to be a race, and, and game action is actually going to decide it between Stevens and Blom? Yeah, I think game action is certainly going to determine that. I mean, you know, it, it, in some ways it reminds me of, the good side would be the Duncan Shudak competition because they're both very good and and then kind of King Solomon it with a with a uh, uh, Shudak doing kickoffs and Duncan doing you know extra points and field goals, or it could go the other way where we've seen it uh, once or so. I think it was 2014, where it took really a long time before Marshall King kind of took that job over Mick Ellis and. And, uh, you know, what you want is you want to see some sort of level of consistency. And, and uh, you know, I could see them splitting things up. But if it, if it goes on for a while, I mean, I think probably the biggest circumstance was uh, Daniel Murray and Trent Mossbrucker way back in, what, 2008 and how that went back and forth. And so you're going to look for some sort of consistency. Iowa needs that out of its position group and out of its kicker. And, and so, yeah, it could take a while, no question, if, if, if it doesn't work out. Doc, I, I want to uh, ask you a question. He's no longer a Hawkeye, but he'll, he'll always be a Hawk. That's Tyler Linderbaum. His picture's hanging. Um, I'm not sure you saw some of the highlights from over the weekend, and, and there's been some great offensive linemen that have played at the University of Iowa, and again, he's just starting out his career. This, is gonna, this may come back to bite me. But when it's all said and done, I mean, this this cat's got a chance to play for 10, 12, who knows how many years. He was manhandling pros over the weekend, Doc, throwing them out of the way. Might he, when it's all said and done, be the best offensive lineman that I was produced? Uh, he's got a long way to go with uh, Marshall Yonda, mm-hmm. but I think he can remind us all of Marshall Yonda. I mean, he was as, as far as what he did in college and how he played through his junior year, He's every bit as good as anybody that played uh, is played under Kirk Ferentz, no question, and and that includes Robert Gallery and and Brandon Sheriff, who won the Outland. I think he's in that category, if not better. Uh, so you know, he and his and his uh, former rival from high school, Tristan Werps, have put themselves mm-hmm. up on a really high plane when it comes to, I think, what they're going to do at the next level if they stay healthy. So. Uh, Marshall Yonda's up there. He's he's a Hall, you know, he's all decade, yep. unanimous all decade, and and a likely Hall of Famer. So Linderbaum's got a long way to go to that, but I think he's certainly just in one preseason game because he was hurt for the first two, proved that he, what he's capable of doing. Absolutely. Who's the next great offensive lineman in Iowa lore? Is it you know, some of the young guys we saw last year with a Connor Colby, Mason Richmond, a guy like that? Anybody else pop into mind right now? The next great offensive lineman from the Hawks. 
If uh, I would bet right now on who is playing, I would probably go with Connor Colby. Uh, you know, he had 11 starts as a true freshman. That's the most by any player ever at Iowa. So that tells you a lot about what he's able to do. And, and now he's, he's been kicking outside, and we'll see, um, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later whether he's going to be opening there or somewhere else. And then uh, I do like Mason Richmond. And, and of course, uh, you know, there's some other younger ones that are just, just too early to tell. I mean, I wouldn't want to predict a Logan Jones or a Bo Stevens or a Jennings Dunker quite yet. I mean, they haven't really played. And, right. and then, of course, Caden Proctor comes in next year, Oof. and he might be that one. So I, I think right now there's a lot of questions. But if you're going on who has played, who do I trust to make an pr- accurate prediction like that, it's probably Connor Colby. Mm. Doc, what did you see from over the weekend, uh, the three Big Ten uh, West foes for the Hawks that uh, uh, that played this week? And, of course, Nebraska got beat by Northwestern. Illinois, they got a quarterback by the looks of things. So does Northwestern. Uh, what was your takeaway after watching three of the seven play this weekend? Well, I cringed after the first drive of Nebraska. Everybody pretty much thinking Nebraska was back. They're going to be in the playoff. They're better, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, just give it some time. And, of course, they did. They pulled in Nebraska and did what they always do. And I think I was most impressed with Northwestern, though, frankly. I mean, twice to be down by 11 points and be able to come back. And, and uh, you know, the defense was able to hang on as best as possible. That's, that was rare. And, and I think uh, just, you know, in Illinois, um, I think Chase Brown might be the most underrated really good skill position player in the Big Ten. So I want to mm-hmm. um, give him some plaudits yep. there and he had a nice day. And I, I just I, I right now I think all three are probably, you know, in the in the five to seven win range this year. But uh Northwestern obviously well coached team, best coach team of the three and, and they played as well as we could ever expect. Hey wanna go back to special teams for a moment with you. What about the return game? with the injuries that they're dealing with, the wide receiver Gavin Williams was a guy that we saw back there. He dealt with a hamstring during camp here. Is it going to be back to maybe the days after losing, obviously, what off to Purdue with Charlie Jones? You know, go back, Micah Hyde. He was a really talented guy. He just stood back there and fair caught the ball, seemed like 90% of the time. Is there a chance maybe we're heading back to that direction, or can they find a playmaker or two back? No, they won't ever go back to that again. Good. That was that was purely out of out – of, uh, they were just <laughs> – they're very green and – and very risk averse, they're not quite there in that kind of uh, territory anymore. So, uh, and I think they feel pretty good about the players who are, who are potentially back there. You know, the one the one problem I would have is Arlen Bruce may be the best of the bunch, but because he's a wide receiver and they've been so banged up, mm-hmm. you don't want to risk him on a on a special teams unit, especially at um, you know at a punt return, which can be really violent. So, I, I think that may be a problem. But you know, here's the thing: Desmond King was really good. Um, you know, his couple of years doing it. He's doing it in the NFL. Um, Amir Smith-Marset is second all-time leading kick returner in Big Ten history by average. Um, and they were, they were able to replace them. I mean, you look at LeVar Woods, he's ranked number one, and Iowa's units are ranked number one over the last three years uh, in special teams. So I think they've got capable replacements there for Charlie Jones. He just did a really nice job. And um, so, you know, are they going to lose something? Yeah. Uh, as long as they don't do anything foolish like they did one year where they were letting the ball go two yeah. times, I think they'll be okay. 
Doc, uh, I read your piece, and that's one of the things we love about the uh, athletic, the long-form writing that you uh, are allowed to do over there. You don't get so many column inches and get it in here. We're going to have to cut it. Um, (laughs) That's not the case at the athletic. Your piece on the Big Ten Network, Doc, uh, really well done and uh, takes you back to a time, boy. I mean, how it all came together, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it, that may be a subscriber, and if you're not, why not? it's a really good read, Scott Dockerman, but how this whole thing came together, just remarkable. Yeah, it's it's one of the great stories in college sports history because you look at what things were like 20 years ago and ESPN basically had a monopoly yep. college football and was telling everybody, you're going to do this and that's it. And Jim Delaney didn't want to take it anymore. And, you know, when you're going CPI, you know, hey, yeah, well, we'll see what the – inflation's like and then that's what we'll give you as far as uh, any kind of boost in your pay i mean it took a lot and jim was very forthright in how difficult it was to to convince the people and you know the presidents and and you know that this was the right move to explore it and then to go with it and and he had multiple avenues um you know he talked with comcast and time warner and they weren't going to give him enough money. It was really Fox was the only one that was willing to step out. And, and uh, if we remember, um, you know, that first year was that distribution uh, stuff was <laughs> very mm-hmm. difficult for them, uh, very difficult for fans. I mean, I still maintain it's been a plus for just about everything in the Big Ten. And, I'm, and my third edition has a lot of this. Iowa basketball has suffered under BTN, no question. Um, it had the best package previously. It had the best mm-hmm. package in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Certainly did going into this. Um, and then you, when you have, what, 25 out of 32 games not televised for uh, media con subscribers, it was a killer. And it maintains, I think it really has, has stumped the moment, stunted the momentum of Iowa basketball even, even to this day. However, when you look at the big picture and the whole, it's been an ultimate game changer. And I think it was uh, Jim Delaney's, vision the people he hired and then their willingness to to suck it up and tough it out for a year and ultimately college sports as we know completely changed in the last 15 years i'll say hatched on a napkin Uh, i'll bring i'll bring the money in the network the laning pipes back i'll bring the grant the rights boom away they went great doc it's a great read it's a long read but i love the fact that they allow you to do long form writing over there scott dockerman have a busy week we need to get to. We need to keep us uh, uh, informed. But what's going on? When's press conference day for Iowa tomorrow, Doc? Tomorrow, yeah, we get the players at around eleven or so, and then we get the get parents uh, close to two. So yeah, finally we get some get some updates. You know, learn about some players. Good stuff. Thank you, Doc. Have a great week, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Have you read the uh, read the piece yet? I have not. It's good read. And you know how much I love that media stuff. Yep. It is at the top of my list. Ritz-Carlton, Naples, Florida. Fox, Gazek, and Jim Delaney. (laughs) Hammering that thing out. It's just amazing, really, is how that thing came together. Well, Jim Foster invented arena football. I think he's on a napkin as well at a bar. Yes, absolutely. That story. Um, Yeah. And anyways, we will take a time out. From the Hawks to the Clones, Nick Oson. CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports. He joins Trent and I next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Dental.net. Like many of you, my home was hit by the storm recently. My roof had hail damage, and I knew there was one place to call. It's Trent Condon for Wolf Roofing. I've known the team at Wolf Roofing now for almost a decade. They're Central Iowans that care about community and doing the job right. Go with a company that you know, a company from here. 
go with Wolf Roofing. Set up your appointment at 515-225-8866. 225-8866 or online, Wolf Roofing. Three on KXNO. The wait is almost over. Well, for the drive, but also for the new football season that's about to begin. Get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game to get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action on opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. This is for all of us, all you returning DraftKings customers. Get up seven. That's right. Seven points. Your team's up that much. You win. Bet any NFL team of your choice. If they lead by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if they lose. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any game. That's code KXNO only at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. Well, you must be 21 or older, Iowa only. Bonus issued as free bets. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-slash-radio. Is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you, housing prices are falling, but rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market. But it is always a renter's market, especially when you hire Renter's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting, you can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits for the long term. And with Renter's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them. 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back. Millery Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you up until noon. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. It's coming up here uh, in about 15 minutes. Right now, he's Nick Oson uh, from 24-7 Sports CycloneAlert.com. Nick, Trent, and Ken, it's game week, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very well, guys. How about you? Oh, so we live for this time of year. I can't wait to, to see both uh, both of the needle movers, as we call them, in action this weekend. But let's talk Iowa State. And uh, they got, I think for the first time in, in um, you know, a few years, they look, they don't want to take them lightly, knowing that um, they've, they've kind of struggled out of the gate. In pre- Not kind of. They have struggled out of the gate in previous years. But this certainly shouldn't be the week uh, that they have a similar uh, similar. Currents. I guess let's start with Jake Remsburg. I know that you guys get uh, you get Campbell tomorrow, I believe. So maybe some more information on on uh, his injury and hit the likelihood he will play or won't play. What have you heard, uh, Jake Remsburg, kind of behind the scenes, if anything, Nick? Yep. So we get Campbell tomorrow, and I would say, even though the hope was kind of that he would be back uh, this week, you know, potentially for Week One, I would be 
fairly surprised if, if they saw him this week. I would guess, obviously, the speculation, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I would think it's still probably at least two to three weeks out uh, that a healthy Jake Remsburg is back on the field, at least, I would say. So we're looking a little wild there. What does that mean for the offensive line? How much shakeup, and what do you anticipate the starting offensive group is going to look like uh, left to right coming up on Saturday? Yeah, so I would think just based on kind of who is impressed and the interior is kind of expected from last year, I'd go Tyler Miller, mm-hmm. Hufford, mm-hmm. Trevor Downing, Daryl Simmons, and then I believe Grant Triber will be there instead of Remsburg. He's had a really, really good fall, quite honestly, like a whole year. He was one of the best players back in the spring. Campbell noted that when we were in Dallas. And I think that, obviously, although you don't want Remsburg to be hurt, like I said last week, the silver lining is the Triber has impressed. So that's who I would expect to be in that right tackle spot week one if Ramsburg's not out there. So uh, do you know the depth situation offensive line-wise, Nick? I mean, it's always – look, the, the guys that – the names that you just uh, reeled off, uh, you you can make that work. I mean, there, there's some talent on that offensive line. But, look, we, we see it um, – we've already seen Remsburg go down. What is depth behind the starters on the O-line? Any idea? Yeah, actually, there's, there's a lot of confidence there. We spoke with – offensive line coach Jeff Myers recently and that'll include guys like Tyler Morrow uh, on the second line Dodge Souser is getting some reps there both at center and guard I believe is what I heard Jim Boniface obviously Grant Triber like I mentioned when he's not playing with the ones and then Zach Ross has had a pretty strong fall as well he's been there for a while I don't think he got quite as much playing time as he would have hoped the first few years in his career, obviously, but he's really kind of instilled himself there as well, coming on strong the last few weeks. I believe he's a redshirt senior this fall. Interesting. So offensive line, building up that depth, that's important. Coach Manning, it seems like he's pretty confident. Coach Campbell is confident that this group's going to take a step forward. You know, if they do get, say, even above average offensive line play, how much more do you think that's going to open up this offense and what they can do? Yeah, there's no Brees Hall, but still a lot of talent out at wide receiver and certainly a lot of guys that are going to be vying for playing time at the running back spot. Yeah, quite honestly, you know, other than exceptional QB play, I think that's really the biggest borderline, not not issue at all, but really kind of question mark or the line that will decide how good this team really is. Because as I've kind of learned from others and, and watched back, Before this season, I know that the offensive line has dealt with injuries and not always been consistent, but if it plays to the potential that that I know players and coaches feel going into this year, I think that's when that potential ceiling and win total really elevates maybe closer to eight or, or even nine potentially because we've talked about the weapons and the depth so often. The defense brings a lot back and is actually really strong at every level with at least one productive veteran in each spot. So I think if the line can stay healthy, and that is a huge thing, obviously Remsburg already has been a little bit hurt, that really raises the ceiling of the entire team. And I think that's when you can expect, all right, now we've got time to really drop back and go deep shots. We can mix up the run game a little bit, get the tight ends more involved in the passing game. 
So I think it does a lot there, Trent. I really do. Uh, Nick, I want to ask you the same question I asked uh, Scott Dockerman a few minutes ago. So when we get back to work, uh, or back, uh, you get back on with us next week. Not sure it'll be Tuesday because I know I both Iowa and I'm sure Iowa State will be having uh, press conferences on Tuesday. So not sure what your schedule will be. But when we talk next week, what um, guy that's maybe a little bit down the depth chart or a little bit under the radar will we be talking about that maybe surprised us a little bit? Uh, how well that. Uh, uh, XYZ played. Who would that? Who will that be? That's a really good question. I think that based on based on how well, I would probably go with one of the two corners that I don't necessarily expect to start, but I expect to play a lot, like a Darian Porter or Tavon Kyle. But just in terms of sheer playing time, I'll, I'll also throw out Aiden Bitter, who I've kind of heard some buzz about recently at the wideout position. Really, came on That's strong late in camp. As well as Steve Plus, I know that I've yeah. mentioned him on here, and now this will be the chance if Iowa State takes care of business, which I think we all expect coming up this weekend. He's a guy that should be able to get to see the field. So there are a couple names I would say, but yeah, just in terms of sheer production, I'd probably go with one of the corners just because I really feel like that group is going to be so strong, even if not everyone can start at the same time. So, so uh, Klaus was a name that we'd never heard of. Yeah, and and here's another one. I, I love this. I want to ask this question of you every week. Aiden Bitter, what, what's his story? Yeah, so obviously I'm you know a little newer here, too. So it sounded like, based on how some people on, on my board kind of read it, he flashed early on in his time at Iowa State, at least in camp. Mm-hmm. I believe this is his third year with the program. A redshirt sophomore. I, I You're right. I'm looking at it now. You're mm-hmm. correct. Yep. Yep. And so we've talked about that room. I feel like maybe them and the running backs as much as anyone. So there will be a ton of guys that get those options. But he's a name that I've heard late. And I just mm-hmm. feel like with that position, because you can play so many on the field, he's a guy that I expect to almost 100% get some run, especially this weekend if they can build the lead. And I haven't seen a line yet, but I expect this to be a comfortable, comfortable Cyclones victory. So he's, yeah, he's really impressed. I didn't hear as much in the spring, even when people were kind of asking about him. But, you know, I've checked in, and he's someone that has had a really good, I would say, two to three last week coming on strong in the wide receiver ring. Well, you mentioned you anticipate this is going to be an easy one for Iowa State. What do you know? Have you done your research yet on SEMO, Southeast Missouri State? This is not like North Dakota State coming in or South Dakota State or even you and I, this is a different kind of level of FCS team. What do you know about the Red Hawks from down south? Yeah, it's interesting. So just based on some quick research, it looks like they return a lot of kind of their most focused production on both sides. Obviously not everyone, but Mm -hmm. similar to Iowa State, a lot of guys on the interior of the offensive line. Looks like their leading rusher is back, and that's a big thing for that program because they like to run the ball which, quite honestly, I think is going to fit really well, not only into Iowa State's strengths on that interior of the defensive line with guys like Isaiah Lee. I know I've mentioned J.R. Singleton on here as well. But also, I think it's going to be a great test early because I'm a little more confident in the back line of Iowa State, and I think that's really going to show whether these guys are ready and are going to kind of break those September slow starts, which... Quite honestly, I think they do. It looks like Simo usually runs like a base 3-4-4 defense. I think that's going to be really nice for Deckers and the offensive line to have plenty of time. 
Doesn't seem like they're quite as focused on the pass rush necessarily. So I'm not sure with so many new faces and a new starting quarterback, as long as what I've heard is, you know, pretty spot on, that there could be a better first opponent coming to town than SEMO, right? uh, good stuff. Uh, so if Hunter Deckers, if, they, if the clones do get out to a big lead and they can afford to take the starter out, or if a uh, you know, helmet comes off and somebody has to go in for a player, God forbid uh, something happens to him health-wise, um, we still don't know who that backup's going to be. And I anticipate when the depth chart comes out tomorrow, there's going to be a whole lot of oars on it, including one amongst the, uh, uh, the backup quarterback and whoever's uh, listed underneath that person. Who would come in, Nick? Is it Beck? Is it Cook? Who would come in uh, if Deckers has to leave the game or they're comfortably in front? Yeah, so when I've checked in the most recently, I've, I've truly heard that this is one that even if it says, you know, either or, I, I do believe there's some honesty there because that battle has been very close, similar to corner and wide out in a couple other positions I've said, but I'm going to roll with Ashton Cook. That's what I've said for a few mm-hmm. weeks. I just feel like even if Rocco led earlier this year, I think Cook really has come on strong in the fall. He's another lefty, and sometimes you just go with a little more experience in the program. So I feel like if you see one of them first game, I'm going to go with Cook. Neither would surprise me as of today. Great stuff as always, Nick Olson. 24-7 sports, cyclonealert.com. Nick's doing great work over there. Uh, press conferences tomorrow. I know you'll have uh, you'll be all over that in game week as well leading up to the game. Nick Olson, thank you, Nick. Appreciate you coming on. Anything you would like to promote before, before we let you go? Yeah, I would say tomorrow will be a very busy day. I appreciate that. And then you guys know how much I love basketball. We've got a special basketball article coming out Wednesday as well nice. for the VIP subscribers. I know Trent will be able to see that as well. Yes, I will. I'll Indeed be reading it. He's one of the VIP subscribers, my partner is. Great stuff, Nick Olson. Appreciate you coming on as always, Nick. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Nick. Can't wait to talk about some games now. Thank you. Yes. Indeed. We made it. Indeed, we did. Thank you, Nick. Have a great week. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. How about that? Ashton Cook maybe beating out Rocco Becht? Uh-huh. Aiden Bitter put that in the back pocket. I, it's the second, like, within the last three times you've had him uh-huh. on, he said a name. Who? I love this. Yes. Got to find out the roster a little bit. Maybe. Fourth, fifth, sixth receiver, something like that. Maybe uh, they've got a glut of them, Trent. They as, do. Oppo- as opposed to over in Iowa City, where <laughs> there is. Oof. Could he work together a trade? <laughs> really? Um, uh, that's certainly a question over there. I don't. There's certainly no lack of depth over in Ames. We will take our final timeout. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. By the way, we've uh, we have our winner, our first winner for the Hawkeye tickets. Now, Doctor Stephen Fuller, FullerDental.net, has given Trent and I um, essentially two two season tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, all season long for football, you can't buy them, uh, but you can win them, and you can win them with Trent and I. Um, and will this will have to do the next giveaways for the Cyhawk tickets? Pretty tough ticket, I would. It's a assume. big one. So we'll get to that on Thursday. But if you follow the Miller and Condon Twitter account, we're going to try and bribe you to follow us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? give us a follow. 
Well, you'll get a couple of hours head start as to, you know, if there's a number out there that you want, you'll get a couple hours head start before we go on the radio and promote it. But Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net, their Altoona location is now open. If you're new to the area, if you want to switch dentists, if you haven't been to the dentist in a long time, you live in Altoona, 509 8th Street Southeast, uh, or of course the original uh, spot where they've been there since, well, the 60s yeah. with, with Doc Fuller's dad. East 29th Street, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines. We will give a Away, Hawkeye football tickets all year long. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Not only does Authentic Brand design quality collegiate fan gear, they also provide expertly designed company merchandise, including made-to-order apparel and accessories. Elite customizable options. Not just a logo on a shirt or a hat. They can do anything, down to the smallest of details. Match your project to a specific color with dye match and sublimation techniques. And customize the finest details down to the stitching to zipper pulls and even custom buttons. Unlimited decoration options, including the most popular options, leather and rubber patches. They custom made KXNO and other iHeart Station merchandise. To start a custom project with their network of experts, visit Authentic-Brand.com. Dot com slash project. Once again, that's authentic-brand.com slash... The Kia of Des Moines, you tell them Emory sent you. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Fun show today, TC. Let's see if we can end it on a winning note. Let's try. We uh, had a pretty good weekend, certainly in football. Big thank you to, of course, Illinois, UConn. You bet Illinois early last week. I locked that Mm -hmm. one in. That was my favorite play. And for our TV show, I put a lot of our bundle that we get our our mythical bankroll. Remember, I put like 220 bucks on it. I do remember. Now you mentioned it. I went heavy because we only got a week left before we get a crown the champ. Yes, a new set of money. You can catch that inside the numbers four times weekly over on MC22. But we are here for the here and now, and we have baseball. We have three baseball plays. You know, I don't like to bet the Twins. I'm betting the Twins. You, against the Red Sox. Against the Red Sox. Against the reeling Red Sox. Yes. Dylan Bundy gets the ball. That doesn't exactly lead to a lot of confidence. But on the other side, it's something called a Brian Bellow. He's 0-3 with an ERA of 7.36. Ooh. The Twins continue their winning ways. And a pretty good price, too. Minus 118. Like that part with it, too, for Minnesota. Going to play a dog. Philadelphia goes to Arizona. Give me Bumgarner and the D-backs playing good baseball, plus 162. They really are. And we'll wrap things up with a parlay. Did one last week. It worked. Don't want to go too deep into parlays. You just got to pick your spots. Yeah, yeah. I got a spot here. You better take the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are going to beat the Cubs tonight. That is not part of it. Oh. I got Frankie and the Yankees uh-huh. at the Angels. Who just swept the Jays. They did. Then... We're going to throw it in with the Dodgers because Alcantara, he's already pitched. He's done. 
Everybody else on that staff, Lopez is okay. Mm-hmm. Dodgers, Yankees together. Plus 132 at Circa. And this is, again, what we talk about when you're shopping around. You do that same parlay at one of the big places out there. Vandal. <laughs> plus 116. At Circa, plus 132. Over the you decide. Over the course of a season, it doesn't matter. It does, because these mm-hmm. add up over the course of the year. If you're trying to eke out some kind of profit, if you want to be profitable, yes, these are the kind of things that matter. Circa, if they don't have the best line, they tell you, shop around. More times than not, though, you're going to find the best number. Same thing with the Twins game. It's minus 118 at Circa. There's other places they are minus 130, minus 135. Shop around, find the best value. More times than not. It's going to be at Circa. Indeed it is. Well, fun show today. Uh, looking very forward to, uh, well, Murph and Andy at 1, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, 3 o'clock, the uh, beginning of a new era in afternoon drive. It's the most important time slot in radio, certainly in talk radio. Uh, and it will be man going forward from by Heather Burnside and Sean Roberts. Excited for both of our colleagues to set their own course. And they will do so today. They leave. They cast off at 3 o'clock this afternoon three to six the drive uh catch it if you can if not the podcast will be available all right we're uh, miller and condon you can hear trent and i weekdays from 10 until noon on des moines sports station 106.3 kxno